This is the Dice Tower Network at Dicetowernetwork.com. Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. This is episode 18, No Parking on the Dance Floor. And with me as always is my co-host, host, host, I've already started out so well, Tony. How's it going, man? As you know, Marty, we got the new mic. We're going to see how this sounds for everybody. And it only took me 20 minutes to get it set up under Windows XP, but that's okay. We should be um, rocking and rolling here. So if they can't hear me when we mix this up and get it recording, just go ahead and mic or uh, mute my level. And it'll be kind of like the cartoon, you know, minus Garfield, you know, the Garfield the cat. And where they remove Garfield from the cartoon, it'll be like... Rolling dice, taking names minus Tony. It works for me, man, so we don't have to do this again. Except it'll be a one-sided conversation. Well, two comments. Number one, the mic sounds great, so you really sound good. And number two, when does XP? Hey, that's a standard issue, so we'll just leave it at that, okay? So we don't want to go in. We'll we'll eventually move to Windows 7. Uh, You know, hey, it still runs. That's all that matters to me. Oh, okay. All right. So you doing all right? Oh, man. As always, doing good. Summer's real busy, uh, and just like you, uh, hopefully we'll slow down here, get back in the routine of things with school and everything here in, what, one more month? A month. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's unreal. And then, let's see, um, other than that, not a whole lot. You know, just got this trip coming up that I'm I'm kind of getting nervous about. Nervous? No, I'd be excited about it. So, yes, we have it worked out now where Tony will be at Gen Con this year. One of us needed to go, and it worked out uh, with Tony's job that he just kind of happened to schedule a meeting just around the same time as Gen Con. Well, it, it had to happen, and I said, listen, so if y'all are going to do this and I got to go there, I might as well, hey, take get the benefit out of it. This this works out well, and, and hopefully it will um, be interesting. So if you see this clueless old man walking around on the floor, well, there'll be a lot of them, but if you see one wearing our, our t-shirts, um, by all means, you know, kind of help me out, throw me a bone. I appreciate it. Um, I hope I can do a good job doing the interviews as Marty did at origins. Uh, have to go back and listen to those, but hopefully, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting. And with anything, I'll just be overwhelmed. I'm going to stand there when on Friday morning, just looking at the masses line up at the vendor door. I know that's going to happen. Well, Thursday's the worst, but this is your first time going to Gen Con, right? Right. Why is Thursday the worst? Because that's the first day. So oh. you know, that's the first day it's yeah. open. So I mean, there is a huge group uh, that gets ready to go in. The hall when it opens around 10 o'clock, and they have this big opening ceremony and stuff. It's actually kind of cool. But, I mean, there's always a crowd there at the doors every day, but Thursday, I think, is probably the biggest. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. See, I, I should have listened to a sh- I wish someone would do a show about getting ready for a convention. That would be very beneficial. Oh, that would be really good. Flashback to episode 13. That's right. So we'll, we'll, um, we'll keep running on this and, uh, I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's scary in a way. It really is just to be able to walk around that huge hall. I've seen the pictures and it's just going to be interesting. I mean, you know, at origins, you had the capability of talking to the vendor or the publishers and all because not that it wasn't that busy is, but compared to Gen Con, it wasn't that busy. 
you know? No, yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. But you know, for, for those who are going to be there, we'll probably do that little contest again. Like we did at origins. We'll have some sort of contest where maybe we can give away a t-shirt or something. Yes. It's, it's going to be hard to say, find the guy with the t-shirt, Rolling Dice to Take a Names t-shirt, because in 40,000 people, that's finding a needle in the haystack. So maybe we need to come up with some sort of cute way to maybe give away a t-shirt while we're there. Yeah, I'll think about it as I prepare for this, and I make sure I take the t-shirts. And who knows, it might just be, I'm at uh, the Privateer Press booth, come find me for a free t-shirt. Yep. Or yeah, something and, like and that, that. that would work. Uh, Mayfair uh, does their uh, games like that. They'll say at such and such time, come meet me, such and such, and you and you win something. Shoot, I was going to say something, and I totally forgot what it was. Oh, I'm sure it'll come it, back. It was it. good. It I'm, was really good. At least me. you didn't hit your mute button. So anyway, no, maybe I should have. So I won't be rambling like this right now. No, that's not a problem. So let me while you think about what you're doing. So. Uh, what have you been playing? Anything new um, since? I Before mean, I forget, no, I actually remember. Okay. Speaking of contest, we have found out that in the month of August, we are going to be running a special contest with the Dice Tower Network. We are going to be giving away a $50 gift certificate to Cool Stuff, Inc., who is the sponsor of the Dice Tower. We have just recently found this out, and um, we're going to come up with some sort of contest to give away uh, this gift certificate. We haven't decided yet. So you guys be on the lookout for in the upcoming episodes and blog posts and, and Twitter um, Twitter tweets huh, uh, for, for something that we're going to be doing. Uh, we're real excited about this. In fact, there are 10 other podcasts giving away uh, the, the $50 gift certificate, and then the Dice Tower itself is giving away one major uh, award at the, at the very end, like a grand prize. So we'll be not only promoting ourselves, but we'll be promoting the other podcast on the network so that you can go participate in their contest and possibly rack up. Oh, that'd be awesome. I mean, you know, cause our two listeners, you got a one in two chance guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> so you guys, you got a one and two, so you know you, you'll have a good sh- good shot at that. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's actually a good point. You have a better chance winning with us than say um, not just another gaming podcast or one of the other big ones. So uh, a cardboard jungle. To us for your best chance to win. Yeah, so up there it goes. So um, I'm sure we'll find out some, you know, some stupid I've said or what episode did Tony mute his mic or um, what did, what what is rainbow smell like um, things like that. You know, who knows what we'll do? We'll come up with something cute. We always do. Um, so good point on that. I'm glad you remembered that. So that's that's big stuff for us. You know, we've been doing this for half a year now, just over half a year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Uh, there's yep. no doubt yeah. about that. So this, this is going to be fun. Uh, now we just got to come up with some sort of creative way to to give this away. Right. Um, I do know that this episode will be out on July 30th. So happy birthday, little girl. My uh, This episode will be released on my daughter's birthday. So that'll be awesome. And, happy birthday, Rebecca. Uh, she doesn't listen. Um, but that's okay. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, my own daughter. She won't even wear my t- our T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Daddy. Hey, honey. Hey, honey. You want a free T-shirt? No. No. Uh, You don't want to wear it around. No. Okay. Fine. Be that way. So, um, she, you know, she went to she went to China, Marty, and she came back. This is great. Um, First off, she um, has a new appreciation for Western culture and Western toilets, and um, she brought back for me my Go game, official Chinese Go game. 
which you mentioned on the last episode. Right. And, um, but I found out when she got home that she pulled out my present. She goes, here you go, daddy, here's go. Um, and the board's still in China. I'm like, what? And she goes, well, the board was too big to fit in my suitcase. So it stayed with the family. You can make your own. Oh, okay, baby. Thank you. So you, you got just the, the, the pieces, the black and white pieces? The black and white pieces, yes. It's classic. It was, um, And I, I really did appreciate what the host family, the host family bought it for me. And I was just like, you, this is, I appreciate your thoughts, sweetie. Um, I wish you hadn't have done that, I, but thank you so much. And it's just, it's just so funny. So I got the white and black pieces, and so now I get to make a board or buy a board on it amazon and and have be able to play that games you know for such a simple game there's a lot to it holy cow i've been checking out sure book. oh yeah checking out books it's un- it's incredible yeah well i mean it's one of the we talked about this before it's one of the earliest abstract you know war type games oh yeah and i didn't realize you know the big um tournaments in korea and japan and how the um united states champion he lost five pounds in a tournament or something when he was trying to play for the championship. And I'm just like, good gosh. I mean, it's just, yeah. The only Korean championships I watch are the Starcraft championships. Oh, I understand. You know, Oh, isn't that coming out soon? Uh, what the next Starcraft game where I guess it just, it just came out in the spring. I've been playing it. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you can see where I am on video games. It's actually really good. I highly recommend it. You never finished the first StarCraft two, did you? No, I never got there. I'm, I need a new computer. It's a good story, and this one's really good, too. So if you're into the story, I highly recommend at some point in time finishing it. It's good. Play on, play on casual just mm-hmm. so you can get through it just to see the story. Yeah, I'm still waiting on you to tell me what all the fire emblem for the Game Boy means. But uh, <sighs> That's a brutal game, too. But again, another good game. Boy, that was a tangent we went off on. I see Go tournaments to StarCraft to the video games. Hey, see, uh, what is it? The points of connection? Well, there you go. So anyway. Six degrees of separation. Yeah, there you go. So, so anyway, this episode, what did I say? What did I call this thing? No parking on the dance floor. Uh, that's that's right. Nope. And what is this about? Well, uh, let's see. Back when Tony and I were in high school, <clears throat> you ain't got to go look this up. There was that song, No Parking on the Dance Floor, that we used to play at all our parties so this episode we're going to be focusing on party games a lot of our episodes as you know if you go back and look at the stuff that we've done we cover different genres of games and you would think this would be one of the early ones we cover because we were the whole purpose of this was kind to be able to introduce people into the tabletop uh, gaming hobby so you think party games would have been one of the early ones well it's not we held off and we decided all right we haven't covered party games yet so now is the time to do it so that's what we're going to be looking at this episode where we'll be covering what's the definition of a party game and some of the top party games and party games we like and don't like and uh, for me the list will be uh, probably pretty short um so um especially based on looking at the list on some of the games that are in there so but yeah, this will be good. This will be a, we're going back to our roots here for episode one and two where we had Casual Gamer and we'll Casual s- Corner. Casual Corner, thank you. See, I can't even remember that. It helps if you pull up your notes, but if I click too loud, the new microphone picks it up and we don't want to do that. <laughs> That's what happens when you've got really good equipment. Yeah. Um, and so we got that going on. We got a couple of reviews as well, Marty. And mm-hmm. you know what? And we forgot to talk about our Netrunner experience. And, uh, tournament and I, oh man, I was looking at the Gen Con thing. That's a nine-hour event. Well, yeah, there's probably what sixty some. There's probably more than that involved in that thing. 
Oh, I mean, I, I look. I mean, there's still seats available. I think. I, oh, okay. But still, I'm like nine hours. Holy cow! You and I get taxed at three. No, I mean, I totally agree. That's why I'm not big into the tournament scene for any game, whether it be and the stuff we've done, whether it be card games or, or miniatures. After about three games, I'm mentally done, and I'm like, just, just, just win. I don't care anymore. I just want to go home. So, yeah. Well. We're light. experience not big for me. I understand. We're light lightweights. Uh, did you hear who won the painting contest? Or was that that's this weekend, isn't it? At our game store, they're doing a painting contest. I had no idea about that. You didn't, yeah, they're doing a painting contest um, tonight. They were doing a um, guy was coming in to help people get ready for it, and then I think this weekend they're doing a painting contest over there. And so I know where you and I will not be. Uh, actually, I would have gone to the class. Oh, I can yeah. always use painting tips. Well, yeah, the class, but I don't see this the painting tournament but uh no no however we did place both you and i have placed in a painting tournament before yes and it's kind of like our listeners who are going to win the gift cards you know <laughs> when <laughs> there's only three entries it's not that hard <laughs> <laughs> and let's show pity to the new guys here you go bam okay all right so anyway we're going to talk about party games so y'all get ready and i think um anything else that we need to oh um uh, we mentioned what have you been playing did you did you say anything there? What have you been playing since our last I, podcast? Anything uh, new? Nothing new. I, I really haven't. Um, this I've been playing the same stuff I've, I've I've played before. I think I did. I don't know if I told you this. I got my um, trying to get my dad into gaming, and he's a pilot. So I thought the way to do that uh, would be buying the Ares Games uh, Wings of Glory, uh, which used to be Wings of War. They they bought that game from the uh, the company. So I bought a starting set of it and a couple planes, and I've actually been playing with that with him, and that's that's pretty fun. I don't know if you've ever seen that one before. It's the one with the, the planes on the pedestals, the really nice models. Yeah. It looks a lot like X-Wing, where you lay the cards out and you move the planes along the cards and you attack each other and stuff. Anyway, I mean, uh, there's some depth to it. He he can only handle the, the, the casual rules right now or the, or the, uh, or the average rules. But there's all these rules for going into weather and eleva- uh, altitude and stuff. But anyway, I've been doing that with him, so I spent a lot of fun um, uh, playing with him. Have you played anything new? No, um, we taught Pillars of the Earth to Rebecca, and pretty much. Oh, I did get my uh, new edition of Pandemic, uh, so that we played that. And be honest with you, it was um, you know I, it was neat to have the new cubes, but other than that, I just. We just haven't done anything new. I mean, we've, we're working on our Iron Kingdoms, just keeping status quo, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do know I'm trying to, um, our, our Gamers Codex site, the review site, that our sponsor, um, I'm looking at probably getting in a game to review a fairly old game, you know, Mage Wars. Did you ever play that one? Is that the one we played where we got the shirts? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, so you're going to be doing that one? I, I hope so. I hope um, I'm running. Can I our, play with you? Of course. Uh, yeah, like we're, we're doing real well on our scheduling. Okay, my scheduling. And um, But we've got a lot of games we got to get played. There's no doubt about Terra Mystica, Agents, Mage War. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, um, probably by the time this podcast comes out, we will have released one or two five-minute initiatives mm-hmm. uh, for some games that are – in the preview stage that we were sent copies of. So we'll go into that into the five minute initiative, but, but yeah, we do uh, have a lot of things that mean you need to get together and, and play. And I'm sure after Gen Con, it's going to be even more. Right. Oh, I did. Uh, you did bring me back power grid. I don't know where that's been all my life. That's, 
that's an incredible game. That I'm, I thought for a while, it's like, man, I'm not going to like this. There's going to be too much thinking. There's going to be too much analysis in it. And it wasn't. It was actually you know, pretty good. And I work in the power industry, so it was kind of neat for me. So that that's a really good game. I look forward to um, continuing to play that. I can't wait to play it with you sometime. I haven't played it yet. Yeah. I thought it was going to be really hard to teach and learn, and it's really not. So not a problem. What genre is it? I'm going to say worker placement, but it's not uh, just because Puerto Rico is. And um, yeah, I know Puerto Rico is not worker placement. Well, what, I didn't say anything. I know you didn't. Uh, it's It's got auctions, and then it, I think it's, what would you consider that, auctions where you're um, building a, a set of power plants and you're auctioning them off and things like that and trying to secure territory? So I guess it's a mix. I don't know. Area control? Area control, but it's, you know, that's a good one for us to look at, Board Game Geek. All I know is I was very surprised by it. Now, I think you'll recall and you've got Lords of the Waterdeep expansion coming, I think. Is that correct? <laughs> Actually, I may give you money let you buy it for me at Gen Con. Okay, I got a l- little luggage. Anyway, no, I'm kidding. Oh, that's true. No, no, that's true. That's a good point. You can't bring too much back, so you got to bring me free swag anyway from somewhere. Well, um, if, if I play the t- plane tickets right and everything, then maybe I can um, run by the office, put it all in a box, and use inner office or something. Who knows? Yeah, we know they have a UPS shipping right there on site. Well, that's kind of cool. That's really yeah. Neat. They said it's either UPS or FedEx, but they're sitting right there, and you just throw your games in a box, and they'll ship it right there. And I'm sure it's discounted. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Nothing's discounted nothing, at Gen Con. Nothing. Um, do they have the big sell-offs on Sunday? Um, no. Okay. I mean, the times I've been there, I we went there on Sunday afternoon expecting all these massive deals. Um, some of the okay, some of the smaller booths do. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the smaller vendors are just because they don't want to carry a bunch of stuff back. But the major guys, no, they don't discount anything. They really don't. I mean, on the last day is when there's a bunch of giveaways, you know, raffles and stuff like that. That's when Mayfair does their big one. Okay. All right. Well, let's get over into the party games here, Marty. We've been yakking for a little while here, and you know, uh, we it is late because of my setup issues. So, <laughs> so uh, it's casual corner first, right? Uh, casual corner is first. So why don't we go right. over into casual corner? We're here in casual corner, looking at games on our library shelves, on especially on from a party games that. Marty and I like to bring out when we got a big group of people that kind of keep the mood going, keep it light and and fun. And, you know, for, for me, my casual corner game that everybody, I think, should really, you know, if you have it in your collection, it's a fun game because it's, it, it doesn't require a whole lot of knowledge, even though it's a trivia game, and that's Wits and Wagers. For what you do is you basically you form up your teams and you can have any number of players in this and but you normally have six teams. The more people you have, the better it is for the teams because people can argue over the answers. So what happens is there there's a number of rounds and questions are asked and you sit there and when the question is asked, you're not going to and we've talked about this before, Marty, where you're not going to know the answer because it unless you're really smart. Um, like how many feet are in a or square feet are in a football field? Well, you know everybody starts guessing or how many steps are in the uh, 
Empire State Building. So people write down their guesses and they turn it over and you turn the cards over and then people wager on which answer they think is the most appropriate. And at the end of the round of questions, the people with the most money are the winners. Now, for me, that game brings out a whole lot of fun because you have timers. So it's not like people have to uh, agonize over their answers. They, they've got a, a couple minutes to write down an answer. They put it on the board. Then you flip them over, you arrange them, and then you turn the timer back over, and everybody has to put down their wagers and figure out which answer they like best. And like I said, probably what makes that fun in the game I always bring out with a large group of people is because it's interactive and no one ever feels left out. And to me, that's a key to a casual corner party game for me is that nobody is sitting off to the side. Everybody can jump in. So if, if you have, uh, you know, you can find this game at Target or Walmart or wherever, Wits and Wagers, it's one of the top games over at Dice Tower. If you, you know, I think um, he recently said, you know, this is one of their top 10 games that you need to have in your collection. Um, Tom said that. And I really agree. And it's a great game. They've got Wits and Wagers family. So the questions are a little bit dummy, like how many princesses are there in this major motion picture company or something like that so it's it's really a fun game and it's one that has many variations that i think that if you're looking for a good party trivia game that's not going to be trivial pursuit or anything like that you may want to take a look at that one that's my casual corner how about you marty well I'm, i must admit so i've played witch and wagers once or twice and when i remember when you first wanted to bring it over i did not think i would like it but actually it is a good game For some reason i guess i had pictured trivia per, trivial pursuit and i didn't really understand the rules until we played it but it is a fun game and i remember you remember at origins mm-hmm. no you didn't go to origins not this year hmm. last not year. this past year sorry uh, this year at origins dice tower uh tom and eric ran a big a Wits and Wagers game. Oh, they did. Saturday cool. Night. Yeah, they had like 30, 40 people playing Wits and Wagers. That was pretty wild. Had a big table set up with a board where people could place their bets and all this stuff. It, it was really kind of cool. So actually, that that is that is a pretty good game. So the game I'm going to cover is another extremely popular game, and that is uh, Dixit. So so Dixit is a game where you have these cards with art on them. And what the what you do is everybody has dealt out all these cards and you can go look up some of the art online. It's this really obscure art and pictures of different things and everybody has a hand of cards. And each turn there is a person that is a storyteller and he looks at one of the images uh, on the cards in his hands and he makes a one sentence statement about that card without showing it to anybody else. And it could be, you know, uh, one word, more than one words, you know, whatever. He could just make some sort of descriptive statement about the the picture. And then what happens is, is everybody else sitting around the table look at their hand of cards and try to pick from their hand of cards something that most matches what the storyteller just told. Everybody takes their cards, puts them down on the table, and then you make, you shuffle them up. You flip them all over, and then what each person does is is you have a marker for each one of the people around the tables, like one through five or whatever, and you and you and you vote on which card you think most goes with the story that was told. You follow me so far? I'm with you all the way. I'm hanging on every word. I like. Have this. you played this? Yes, I've played it a couple of times, but okay. I, I've never. I think I've played it even over at your house. 
Right. Okay. So the thing is, though, is how the scoring is done. And this is where it gets kind of tricky. If all the players find the storyteller's image or none find it, then the storyteller doesn't score any points, but everybody else gets two points. In any other case, if somebody figure, at least one person figures it out, then the storyteller scores three points, and so does the player who found their image. In addition, each player except the storyteller scores one point for each vote that was placed on his or her image. Now, let me talk through this real quick. So what that means is if there is a picture of a a boy with a ball in his hand and your description is boy with a ball in his hand, well, that's going to be extremely obvious. Everybody will pick yours. And what happens is as a storyteller, you get no points. So you have to be somewhat cryptic, but not too cryptic to where you got at least hope that somebody gets it so that you'll get some points. Meanwhile, everybody else is trying to score points by getting people to vote for theirs. And so they, if you can come out with a car that most closely matches what the storyteller said, there's a good chance you'll get some votes and get some points. Well, what happens is after the storyteller tells his story, the person to the left becomes a storyteller and just keeps going around in a circle. You have a deck of cards, and when you get to the last card and you've played the last card, you count up the points, the person with the most points wins. And this can, game can be played up to six players, anywhere from uh, four to six players. And it, it, is a, it is, is a good game. When the game first came out, and I cannot remember when we bought it. It was, it was years ago when it first came out. It was hard to find. It was sold out all over the place. And we played it a lot. My only issue with the game was that after some time and you saw all the, the pictures on the cards, it was hard to come up with something different mm-hmm. uh, to explain what the cards were. And if you kept playing with the same people, well, eventually they can kind of figure out what it was. So it's one of those, if you keep playing with different people, it'll stay fresh. But obviously Dixit has come out with expansions with new art and all this to, to help keep the game fresh. But that is a, a good um, light party game uh, for people. Yeah. And I've, uh, the, like you, for me, I found that when I played it, people that knew each other, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, tend to have advantages. Couples, oh, I mean, they tend to be able to read with the other person because you just know their likes and dislikes. And that, to me, sometimes uh, brings the game, uh, kind of gives it an unfair advantage to certain groups of people. Just because, you know, if, if Vanessa and you and I and Donna were playing, you know, you could say something from movies that you and Vanessa like, like gorsh, and she would know um, what you meant by that from, an, and there could be a dynamite on there. Did I get it right? No. What does he say? What is, Which one? Napoleon Dynamite. What's this, what's that expression he always said? Gorsh or something like that? I don't know. Gosh. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that's, that's it. And see, so you could say that. Donna and I would completely miss that. Yeah, but only you two would because you're the only ones that didn't like Napoleon Dynamite. Everybody else in the country did. Well, that's beside the point. But what I'm saying is that you would get some <laughs> points and Vanessa and we'd be. You know, that's true. You know? That's true. You just need at least to get one person to vote for you. Right. That's absolutely right. And so that was probably the biggest thing about Dick's at that. But you're right. It's a it's a great game. It's a it's a fun. fun it's it's actually a lot of fun when you play with young kids. I will because <laughs> some. Oh of, yeah, because of the stories <laughs> they tell. Yeah. What what. I found was I can't come up with something creative. I would think I 
I guess I like to think I'm creative, but I play something like that. It's like, okay, I'm not very creative. It's like uh, a boy with ball. Yeah. You know, I just can't come up with something very flowery or imagery. And you play with people who are writers or really poetic. They'll come up with some elo- eloquent phrase mm-hmm. uh, to, to get their point across on what it is. And, and I, mine just comes out really sounding stupid. I forgot to ask you about going back to Wits and Wagers. How many does it play? As many as you want. Um, is okay, it, so you can yeah. Okay, because you, you form teams, so I can think you can do oh, up okay. to seven teams. So however you want to do that, um, I will say on, on Dixit, I did get the ring picture one time, and, mm-hmm. and I used the date for the release of The Hobbit, and somebody got that because I thought that was going to be way too cryptic. And I'm looking at my wife saying, "Okay, I've circled this date on the calendar. It's December, whatever <laughs> it was." I said December so and so, and she looks at me and goes, "Huh? I don't get it." I'm like, "Oh." God. Okay, because yeah, if I say you know one ring to rule them all, or and you know one to bind yeah. them, that, that's actually good. But that's all you need. You just needed one. And one guy just used a sound, and I'm like, what? What is that? Yep. Yeah, that's allowed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ba- basically any vocal thing that you can do to to try to give some sort of hint. Oh yeah, and you know, so it, it is definitely a fun game, and that's another one where participation by everyone is mm-hmm. y- y- the, no one can just sit out. And that, right. and that to me, um, kind of helps us lead into our next segment about what is a party game? What, how do you and I define it? What do we look for in party games? And so I think that, you know, that's always something you have to consider on what to add to your shelf because, you know, not everybody's going to like it. And we will definitely discuss that in our next segment. So for party games, what is Tony and I's definition of a party game? I'll give mine and then Tony can chime in on his and and ours may be different. We'll we'll see how it goes. So for me, a party game is one, it's got to play a lot of people. Uh, Granted, Dixit only does play up to six and that's not like tons of people like Tony's Wits and and Wager was, but it's, it's still a decent size. It's also got to be light and and casual i think it's got to be a party game must be one that the rules can be explained pretty quickly and people can grasp onto it without taking a lot of time we're not talking about sitting down and playing twilight imperium as a party game you know that does play up what six to eight people but to me if if i can look at a rule book and that all the rules are done in i don't know three to five pages or something like that then i'm probably going to be able to explain that game pretty quickly and there's not a lot of abstract rules to it or anything like that like we had done with uh, wits and wagers and dixit so to me when i look at a party game Oh, it's got to be it's got to be quick too. It's not got to be something that's going to take two hours. Uh, it, it should probably be done. I, for me, a party game shouldn't last any more than forty five minutes to an hour, and I think to me that's kind of stretching it. So that's what I'm looking for: is the length of the game, how many people it can play, and the complexity of the rules. What's your definition? I could just leave you hanging here and say ditto, but I won't do that to you, man. Uh, so basically, for me, it's like you: uh, six or more people. There's, I mean, even though party games, you can have people set, sit out. For me, it's any game where everyone's involved, and I agree. It's got to be quick. It's got to be easy to explain so you're not losing people. That, to me, is the party game. It can't be a very expensive game. I know, you know, we don't talk about price, but for me, you know, it, it doesn't 
because the whole concept is, you know, it's going to be abused. It's going to be used in a party. So you don't want to have, a, you know, pieces that can be easily lost. Setup. Setup is like, bam, throw the box open. It's done. There's nothing. There's not a whole lot of cards set up or, or props set up. So to me, that's, those are the keys to me for a party game. Six or more people, fun, like you said. I mean, well, of course, fun. But there needs to be laughter involved in the game, and it needs to be able that everybody interacts and that no one is sit left out or says, eh, you know, it, it draws everybody in, and that to me is important. So like case in point to that, along my definition, is gestures. Do you, do you, have, when was the last time you played gestures? I can't, I can't even remember the last time I played gestures. Okay, well we I can't. well when we go to our friends in Kentucky, we play it every New Year's, and I go and I think about it, and that's a party game. There's no doubt about it. Their gestures is a party game, but eventually comes down to, you know, there's going to be people who aren't going to be guessing, or they're just not going to be engaged with it. So sometimes that to me is where you know, I'm like that's not really a good party game. Because, you know, you've got the people that are sitting out on the edge just going, yeah, whatever. Yeah, he's uh, he's kicking a soccer ball, soccer ball or something like that, old people. But I, I understand it is a party game, but to me, I would not bring that one out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I also think with party games, it can't be too heavy strategy, right? right. I mean, you, you, you think of party games where there's a lot, there may be side conversations going on you know, where people are getting a, a drink or getting something to eat and kind of can come in and out of the game but still kind of stay up with what's going on. I think that's pretty important too. Uh, it doesn't have to be something that you're sitting there having a lot of um, AP with. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to our previous episode, you know what AP is. So it's got to be something too that that's somewhat light. And we have already gone over uh, in Casual Corner two of the bigger ones uh, with uh, Dixit, and uh, wits and wagers when it comes to more of the hobby style party games that's what one of the top ones and (laughs) unfortunately according to board game geek the number one is your not favorite party game of all time resistance well you know what can i say over you know half the country's wrong okay (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) Um, no, I mean, resistance and, uh, I mean, I still need to try resistance Avalon. There's no doubt about it, but yeah, resistance is, is a number, you know, one of the top party games and I understand why. Um, but it's like, um, what I will say this though, resistance, I would, if you, if you had me say, which game would you rather play resistance or werewolf? I will tell you right now, I will pick resistance over werewolf. I will too. I totally agree, and you're probably it's probably the same reason. So you say it. it there's exclusion. One per, there's player elimination. Player elimination. I mean, boom, first round, bam, that person's out. Yep. I mean, how boring could it be to play a 99 person werewolf and you're the first person killed? No, I am totally with you there. Uh, werewolf is again another one of those very popular party games, and the purpose of where well we didn't really explain what resistance and, and werewolf was, uh, is. So with resistance, you're split up into two teams, and um, there, there's two flavors: resistance, resistance Avalon, depends on whether it's future or or fantasy. Let's go with regular resistance. There's spies, and there are the resistance. The spies are trying to thwart what the resistance is trying to do, and as you're playing, 
the spy, the resistance people do not know who the spies are, but the spies know who each other are. And through a series of turns and stuff like this, the goal is try to deduce mm-hmm. uh, who is on the, um, who wh- the, from the resistance to determine who the spies are for the spies to win enough what they call quest in order to win the game. So, but it's one of those things where everybody's involved. Now, one thing I do like about it is that it, it is, it is somewhat team based, right? Except you're just not exactly sure who was on your team unless it is spies. So everybody's involved. Yeah. It also does fit my definition that the rules are pretty easy to teach. Uh, once you go through it once, you, you pretty much got it. And you could teach anybody. I've taught this to my uh, parents and, and other people. I pull this this game out a lot. One reason because it plays up to ten people, which is good. Mm-hmm. Werewolf, on the other hand, has the same sort of dynamics. Is there's some wolves and there's people in the village. And the wolves are trying to eat all the villagers, and the villagers are trying to determine who the werewolves are and kill them. So it's the exact same dynamic, except when you kill somebody, they're out of the game. Right. And yes, I have been that first person out of the game. And I guess in a social setting, if you're with a lot of people and you just enjoy laughing and, and with everything else, that's cool. But if you want to be a part of the game, you've got to wait 20, 25 minutes before you can get back in. And that is kind of a pain. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and resi- the Resistance is, is a good game. I still haven't really learned how to play it because I don't play it enough. And I know that. And it's, well, I agree with you. People are in it. It's team-based and you're you're working on solving a thing there's not a whole lot of what i what i guess two things get get to me is one i always feel like there's really it's dumb luck to to win in resistance and then i also just the whole um i'm not a spy you are too and all that's you know we've talked about this time and time again so but it yes it's definitely better than werewolf in my mind for a party game it's uh, it, Werewolf is just like Mafia and all the other games that go with it. Now another type, mm-hmm. of, now, now another type of game that my daughter loves and uh, she always wanted me to get, but I never got it was because I didn't like it that much. Was apples to apples, you know? We have that. You you have that. I just mm-hmm. when we played it, it was like find the best match or whatever. I've played it one time. I really really didn't like it, and I told her I said, "There's playing with three people is boring." You need a whole lot, you know? Yeah, well, and every time I've played, it's been with a large group of people. And Apples to Apples was one of the first party games. We don't, I'll be honest, I don't own a lot of what I can, what is considered party games. Mm-hmm. Three, I'll tell you off the top of my head. Apples to Apples was the first. And it is a good game in the aspect of if you do have a large group of people. It's almost like Dixit, except with words. Yeah. So, you know, you're trying to come out, you know, which one matches, uh, which word matches closely to, uh, there's there's like a keyword that's put on the table and you got to come out something that comes along closest with it and the judge picks the one he thinks is the closest and if he picks yours, you get a point. And the person to X amount of points wins the game. But yeah, with three people, that would be extremely boring. Yeah, that's really one of those that needs to be six or more to keep it fun. But the nice thing is everybody does stay in the game and it is easy to teach. Yeah. And uh, now, but there's a new one out that's taking everybody by storm, and that's mm-hmm. Cards Against Humanity. I haven't played it yet, Marty. I watched a couple videos about it, and to me, that's just a game for. And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but it's just for a very uh, adult-based crowd. Let's let's just leave it at that. On my opinion, how about you? I have actually played it. I played it at one of my game groups, and it is one of those games, and, and for people who don't know, so it's literally like apples to apples, mm-hmm. except 
the words and terms are a lot more risque, which can lead to a lot of off-color humor and what some would consider inappropriate humor. Now, a lot of people that play that really love that and get a kick out of it. And I guess if you really know the people, maybe it's okay, but you do have to be, I hate to say twisted, that's not right. It's just off-color humor. And if you're not into that sort of thing, you're not you are not going to like Cards Against Humanity. In fact, I would suggest you not play it. This is not a game I would ever bring out for my parents to play. Right. No way. Because the goal is to make you get in the gutter pretty quick. Yeah. And with, with the terms they have, they do that. Again, some people like it. Great. Uh, but you just got to be careful with the group that you're bringing out for. I agree with you there. And, I mean, just watching it, I was just like, okay, so it's apples to apples, uh, R-rated. Maybe that's that's it. Yeah, that's perfect. R-rated, and sometimes even more than that. So, and that's fine. I mean, that's that livens up the group. I mean, you know, if you've got that type of group, definitely look into it because you know mm-hmm. it, it can't be all bad because a lot of people play it, and that's great. And, right. and you know, that's always fun. Now, if there is, you know, for me, I have a game that's uh, I took to our beach trip that everybody loves and it's that old game and i've talked about this before pit is actually could be considered a party game sure and um that's a lot of fun you can go up to i think eight people with it if i'm not mistaken that's a fun game to play and that's one of the ones on my side that i have um there's pictionary taboo you know it's all the classics that are out there mm-hmm. but um you don't see a lot of pictionary and taboo uh in the hobby gaming no you do see telestrations. I have seen that, which is basically you got like a body and you draw things on it, which is all like Pictionary. Um, another game that I would consider a party game because it's so easy and and it plays pretty quick is Zombie Dice. Oh yeah, um, that that's a that's a pressure luck dice game, but that can play with as many as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, as many as you just want to keep passing the dice around to it and playing. That is a really uh, fun game with a group of people. There is a lot of downtime uh, when you're not playing. You're just kind of watching. The bigger the group, you're just watching everybody else rolling dice and, and watch them press their luck. So, again, it's kind of a real for a real social interaction. When it's not your turn, you can go get something else to drink and stuff like that. But there are several pressure luck games, Martian dice, zombie dice, whatever, that's fall into that same mold. Right. And I guess we're going back to apples to apples and cards against humanities. That's all about those things we used to do growing up, you know, Mad Libs. That's what those games remind me of, you know, where you... Yeah, that's, that's true. For you. you know, I'm actually surprised there hasn't somebody come out with like a Mad Lib, you know, I'll probably say that and somebody say there is hey, one. Well, what's Mad? A Mad Libs type game where you, you do something like that where there's a story and, and you have people... You know, I guess Mad Libs is really a party game when you look at it because we used to do it with a big group of people. Exactly. And I think Mad Gab, I don't know what Mad Gab is, um, but that's what I, whenever I see that name pop up, you know, there you go. Um, another game along cards against is say anything that's very popular mm-hmm. and um, but probably the most the best party game of all we always love it and at our age would be awesome twister <laughs> at our age we would hurt ourselves exactly. is what would happen twister would be outstanding you know I, god i can remember playing twister Oh man! And then I re- well, here, here's a little here's a little trivia fact for right. you: the guy that invented Twister died a few weeks ago. Wow! What a tie-in! I did not know there that. There you go. I did. You didn't even know that, did no, you? I Look did at that. Not. 
I'm just a walking Encyclopedia Brown over here. I tell you what, and you're gonna have to explain Encyclopedia Brown to. Yeah, I know people. I just, I just realized when I said it, it's like, oh, none of the young people will know who Encyclopedia. Go look it up. Encyclopedia For, Brown. It's the books I used to read as a kid. Awesome book series. Yeah, and they're also like, what's an encyclopedia? Oh, that's another good point. Okay. Yeah. So, it's a book that <laughs> we looked up facts before you had Google and Wikipedia. And all that, where the facts aren't real. Um, and then, of course. <laughs> that's yeah. true. And then, of course, you've got Jenga and all those other games. So, I guess from a party game standpoint, it, and as goes back to our, Marty and I, my definition is, hey, it's a game that brings everybody in. Everybody has fun. And you're not, you don't have a lot of downtime, in my my opinion. That's what makes a good party game. And if everybody has their favorites, everybody knows what their groups are like. Um, and anything can be a party game from the standpoint. I was at Christmas. Uh, my aunt received a movie trivia game, and you know, and I didn't even play the game. I just sat there and read movie trivia because if anybody listens to this podcast, knows I love the movies and. You know, just throwing out the lines and the things like that and those kind of facts. So, mm-hmm. you know, anything can become a trivia game or, I mean, a party game if if you've got the right crowd and they're willing to take time to play. Well, and I also think that, too, party games are an excellent way to introduce people to tabletop gaming in a, in a very light manner. People who may not have any clue what Settlers of Catan is and have no desire to sit down and play something like that might would want to sit down and play a party game. So it is good to have for trying to bring people into the hobby. A couple of those sitting around, your Dixits, your um, apples to apples, uh, your whistle wedge, whatever. Have a couple of those on the shelf for when you have uh, friends or family over and they're like, see your obsession with all these other games. You're like, well, look, just let me show you a little bit what, what it's about. And you never know. Playing with those uh, easy party games might lead them down the path to want to play something a little more interesting that you may enjoy because to be honest with you tony i don't really bring out party games a lot to the table no uh only we only bring them out at christmas time when i'm dropping out all wits and wagers and pit that's it that's all i do yep so yep but but you know what uh, so we've done this little episode on um on party games but for anybody that's out there that's interested and want to know more there is actually a podcast on the Dice Tower Network who is totally dedicated to party games. And in fact, why don't we hear from him right now? Hey, Rolling Dice and Taking Names listeners. This is Bruce, the moderator of the Party Game Cast, featuring the Party Game Cast, a podcast about party games and games you take to parties. And we know, as a listener of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, you like to hear about things like role-playing games and conventions and strategy games. We don't really have a lot of that to offer. However, we know the other thing you love to listen to are wives talk. We've heard the episode with Tony and Marty's wives was one of the most downloaded episodes they've ever made. Well, I have good news for you. My wife is on nearly every episode. My wife, Rocky, is a part of the Party Game Cast. We also have some strategy gamers. We also have a couple of casual gamers, Chris being one of our casual gamers, and his soon-to-be wife, Maureen, also a part of the show. So we'd like to remind you, Rolling Dice and Taking Names podcast listeners, we may not have deep strategy games, we may not have role-playing games, but we have wives talking. So remember the Party Game Cast featuring the Party Game Cast, a podcast about party games and games you take to parties. You can find us online at www.thepartygamecast.com. 
we can't bring you strategy games, but we can bring you wives talking. So Marty and I, we talked about our casual games earlier. We're going to do a quick reviews on a couple games that we've done uh, write-ups over at thegamerscodex.com. So if you want to go check our write-ups, go head over there and you can read about I was given the opportunity to review a game called Hooya, and it is a Navy SEAL co-op card game. And so before y'all hit the fast forward button and get to Marty's review of his game, let me just say um, you can find it very cheap out there, and it's not that bad of a game. Actually, there's a few things that did bother me about it, Marty, and that was how no matter how well prepared you can, if the cards are against you, it's a card draw bad luck type of thing. That will hurt you, okay? Mm. And okay. Um, But it's quick, easy game to play. Uh, I like how it, they set it up on how have you have to do the missions and you're trying to accomplish five missions to get to the final objective. And in those missions, before you go on each mission, you have to do a skill check. Um, I write, in my write-up, I talk a whole lot more about how that all works and plays out and how you have the commander and he's checking the team and making sure the team's ready to go on the mission. And it's one of the few co-op games, uh, card games, where the cards stay hidden. You, you can't see what your teammate has, okay? So think of it like this. If you're leading a SEAL team, you know, you, you know he's ready to go, but maybe you don't know... Is, he, is his mind right? Things like that. Is he prepared? Has he taken all the training? And that's the same way. You can ask him a question, and that's what you do in this game. You say, all right, um, give me a roll call. And everybody says, well, I'm going to, I've got three red cards. And one guy says, two blues and, and four greens. And those greens help determine how to beat the mission. Because when you turn over the mission cards, they say, all right, you're going to need five green cards and three purple to beat this mission. And when you play the mission, you have to do that. And if you fail, then you have to redo that mission. Now, the only way to lose the game is if you leave a man behind, if someone dies. And the way you die is you have these health counters and they um, disappear because there are wounds in the game when you turn over certain cards or if you don't complete something successfully, um, you get a wound count. One of your wounds is um, counter health counters is removed. And you sit there, okay, well, da da da. Oh, like if you take the number of wounds equal to the number of missions you've completed, well, there's five missions. You could, and you only get five wounds. So near the end, you've got to have some way there's cards that help prevent that. Very light co op game, easy to learn. Um, and I was very surprised by it, Marty, and I wrote that up in the review. If you can find it for like $10, $5 it may be worth adding to help introduce people to a co-op game. I mean, versus castle panic, you know, when we went over our co-op games in our podcast and we talked about the introductory, this would, this is another one I'm going to bring out to say, Hey, this is a co-op game and it's not about elves and wizards and killing trolls and things like that, like castle panic. But here's a good card co-op game, easy to carry around, easy to set up. So which one did you get for gamers codex? The one I got for Gamers Codex to talk about was a game that you and I actually saw at Mace last year in Charlotte, which was Garden Dice. At the time, it was it was relatively new, and the uh, designer of the game was actually at the show showing off the game. 
Well, I got a copy of the game of, a few months ago. Well, number one, I got to play it there a couple times, and my brother-in-law actually uh, bought it, and I played it with him, and then I got a copy to review. And it, it is, too, is a really unique game with a, uh, a unique theme. Basically, for anybody who is into Facebook, you know the whole Farmville thing where you're trying to plant stuff? Oh, yeah. Except this is better than that. So what it is, is you have a board that is a six by six grid. And the purpose is to, uh, you're supposed to buy seeds, place them on the board, water your seeds. They grow into plants. You harvest the plants for victory points. So during your turn, what you do is you have four dice that you roll and you could do multiple things with those dice. For example, you can uh, use the die to buy seed. There's a, a value of seed anywhere from like, uh, I can't remember, it's, it's two, three, four, five, six, something like that. And you say, I'm going to take one of my die. I'm going to buy one of these seeds and, and put it in front of me. If you want to plant a seed, what you can do is you take two of the die and they act as coordinates on the six by six grid. So if you have a three, four, you, you know, you can do column three, row four, or vice versa, row three, column four. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. And, and where that intersects is basically you take your seed and you put it on the board. Same thing when you want to water it. When you want to water your seed, you have to take two dice that matches the coordinates of where your seed is on the board. And you take it and you flip it over and then it's considered watered. And then what you can do is you can, when they're, when they're uh, watered and stuff, you can turn into plants. They can be harvested uh, eventually and pulled off the board, and you can get them points. Now, what the strategy of the game is, is there's a corner of the board, like on coordinates 6, 6, 5, 6 on both sides, and I think 4, 6, where there are bonus points. There's like an area of the garden that's more fertile, and if you plant seeds there, the victory points are doubled. So everybody's trying to go after those locations because the seeds are uh, have higher victory points. Also, the seeds that cost more gain you more victory points. So the whole idea is you're managing, well, you're not really managing resources. The resource is basically what you roll in your die. You take it, take a seed, put it in front of you, use two dice. And what you do is with the, with the pool of four dice, you just try to use them up. You can buy four seed if you want, or you can place, use two for coordinates, use another two for coordinates. So you use those dice however you want to do it. When your turn's done, just take the dice, uh, pass it to your left, and you go. So that's generally the concept. Now, there's some little other rules that go on. For example, when you water uh, your seeds, if the seed that you water has, say, a point value of four, and that's adjacent to uh, a point value of uh, three or less, when you water your seed, the water spills out over to the other seed, and those get flipped over. So here's the thing. Say you put down a seed that's worth five. I'm going to try to put down seeds beside yours that are less than five so that when you water your seed, mm-hmm. I get I get the advantage of it. Okay. And likewise, when you harvest, if you harvest, I get to harvest anything that's adjacent to it that's lower. So there's some strategy on where on where you place the stuff too, as far as watering and harvesting. Now there's another aspect. Everybody gets a or there's a a, a rabbit and a bird that can be put on the board. The bird can be moved around the board. You can use one of your die to move a bird up a column or row. And if it lands on somebody else's seed, you eat their seed. Okay. You can either take the seed off or take it into your collection. 
the rabbit gets the food. So the rabbit can eat the food and deny people points. So there's a little bit of a cutthroat aspect. If you decide I'm going to use one of my die to attack the guy who is has the most victory points and try to take out some of his crops, you can do that. So that's it in a nutshell. I know it probably sounds a lot more confusing than what it is. Just go out and search for garden dice. You can find the rules. But I will say this. It is a great game for kids because the theme is so well done. People understand I'm buying seed, I'm planting seed, I'm watering, it turns into a plant, I get to, I get to harvest it. That makes a lot of sense. I'm harvesting tomatoes and grapes, uh, grapes, uh, carrots, uh, cucumbers, uh, whatever like that. That's so it's easy, easy to grasp. Now, I mentioned the whole concept of the rabbit and the bird. That's one of the variants. If you're playing with kids, you might not want to do the cutthroat thing with them so you don't even use the rabbit and the bird. Don't even worry about it. With adults, use it because it just adds a little bit more aspect to the game. Then there's also another concept of a sundial. <laughs> you, have a, you can put a sundial out, and what that does is every roll, you guess, basically gain two pips that can be used to modify the dice. You can decrease the die by two, increase the die by two, or split it. Increase one by one, decrease one by one. The whole purpose of that is to try to get the coordinates that you need. So instead of needing to exactly roll a five five, if you have a sundial out there, if you get a if you get like a three five, you can take your two additional bips, add it to the three to get to the five five. Again, just another piece of strategy. So while the concept sounds simple, there is a lot going on. And it's a game that I, I do enjoy. I think it's a lot of fun. And like I said, it is a good game to play with kids. Uh, the only thing is, because of the theme, a lot of the geeks may not, uh, gamer geeks, the hardcore guys, may not like it because they may be turned off by the theme. But I think once they play it and see that, okay, there's a lot more to this than what I thought, they may like it. Granted, there is the dice roll. And people who don't like uh, games with dice and, and the luck of dice may be turned off by it. But because of that sundial and the, and the way to be able to modify dice rolls, it takes away some of the pain of not rolling exactly what you need because you can adjust them. I haven't played this one yet. Sounds interesting. I'll give it that. You know what? I need to let you borrow it. Okay. And let uh, Donna and Rebecca try it or your neighbors try it because I think it's one. It's not co-op, so I don't know if they only like co-op. No. But um, it's, it's one that is really easy to pick up. And I'd be curious to see um, what people who aren't really hardcore gamers think about it right i mean and i was with you and then still you until you hit the sundial and i started thinking of plants versus zombies but anyway i was with you <laughs> were you playing over there on the phone or no, something i was not but interesting okay i like i like the bird that's kind of funny i can see that yeah now. that's kind of cool all right so yep those are two games that marty and i have recently reviewed for gamers codex uh so go check it out at gamerscodex.com and uh see you know some of the other great reviews out there a lot of role-playing game reviews as well as any uh, other ones that we got out there I, i've done legendary from upper deck and marty have you gotten any more out there i have not okay. um you said you're going to be getting mage wars mage wars and i'm currently working we'll on doing for, that yeah, soon i'm currently working on one for forbidden forbidden island forbidden island um, mm -hmm. I'm doing that one over there. So, yeah, so guys, go check it out, gamerscodex.com, uh, for some of the game reviews all, uh, that we've uh, hosted here at the um, Rolling Dice and Taking Names. 
So last podcast, we did a new segment called At the Table, where Marty went around, was asking questions. Go back and listen to the last podcast if you want to hear more about what At the Table is. Well, I took that, and I'm a member of a online uh, forum that does surveys. I mean, you've heard, Marty, we're both members of what, E-Rewards? And yes. um, I was invited from E-Rewards to go to this site called the Gongos Communities. And it's part of what they call the Candy Dish. In the Candy Dish, they show you up-and-coming candies that are coming out, new things from Hershey and M&M's, Mars, that kind of stuff. And they have a forum out there. And it's really, you know, um, forums have really died off, you know. I know, Marty, you still host one of our forums from, what, 2008 or something when we were in right. Warcraft. But this place is really active. So I said, so when you play games, what do you bring? What's at the table for people to eat? And I really wanted to see, Marty, if we were going to see Cheetos show up just to see what kind of things. <laughs> but but they didn't. The number one answer was M&M's. Seems okay, like, yeah. I mean, it seems like, cause, hey, it's got a hard candy shell. Well, it melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Exactly. And so I'm going through them all, and, and Reese's Pieces, M&M's, anything with that hard candy shell was one of the top things. Some people said jelly beans. I know one of your favorite snacks, you know, the salty pretzels type checks mix was also mm-hmm. listed. Um, and then one guy um, or a gal said, hey, you know, I also use Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups. Oh, that made me cringe. You know, no, 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 that's not, that's not good. I'm like, what do you mean there? And then someone's like, Oh, chips and dips. And I'm like, okay, I can see that in there. Here comes the guacamole, you know? And, uh, (laughs) so, but I was, I appreciate them sending me over a, uh, a bunch of responses to that. So top five, you know, M&Ms without a doubt was number one. And then we had peanuts and then we had Reese's pizzas, pizzas, pieces, uh, then we had somebody, you know, a lot of people said veggies and then of course Chex Mix stuff. So, so that's what people are putting at the table when they're playing games. I know for us it's trail mix and I'm always stuck eating all the raisins. What about you? Uh, well, yeah. So you had a lot of them. We don't do, I'm trying to think what have we done at, the, at our table? We don't do a lot of M. No, I can't say that. Vanessa does put out M&Ms a lot, uh, different types of M&Ms. So yeah, that's good. Uh, haven't done the Reese's pieces checks mix definitely done peanuts definitely done so you know that that's actually a good list I've, I've seen all those we haven't done the veggie tray we probably should do the veggie tray instead of eating eating all the fattening stuff so once you bring a veggie tray next time so i'll try to eat better uh, i got it carrots and dip and we can just mess up your um, new game you can't have you can't have dip you gotta eat raw raw vegetables okay i'm good with that all right not a problem so next time at the table we'll hear from marty in the uh, game club and his Question of the month. So that's pretty much going to wrap up episode 18. No parking on the dance floor where we discuss party games and such. And we've talked about a lot of different games tonight that we would think would be good for party type situations, especially bringing new people into the gaming hobby that have never played before. Tony, you got anything that you want to add to this? Well, Marty, last podcast at the very beginning, we got our net runner shout out in as always in our tournament. And then we completely forgot to talk about it or maybe we didn't um so you know we mentioned in this one how marty and i at the beginning we're not big tournament uh, we love we like playing small you know small tournaments three minutes but 
We know you people out there want to know how we did in it. Um, they do? Uh, you know they do because we've talked about it for every episode. So we went We went to our regional qualifier. <laughs> yeah, I know. Our um, thing. And um, I had a great showing at your local game store in Matthews. Um, 11. 11 people. I think 11. Is a, yeah, I think we're supposed to have 12. One person didn't show up. One, it's not too bad. Um, one person didn't show up. And then one gentleman um, did end up having to forfeit there. But that's fine. And um, we um, – well, Marty, Marty did really well, guys. You'd be, he, he got into the final match, which is outstanding. And, and picked, well, I got to the final four, not the final match. The final four, right. I got a play mat. That was positive. Uh, hey, that was our only goal, though, was the play mat. I know. Uh, that's, uh, we, we both were like, if what, it was the top eight that got a play mat. Yeah, and we were there. We got oh, it. we were stressing because I remember at the end we were both counting – have we made the top eight? We just want a play mat to make this all worthy. So we both did get a play mat, so we're happy. Yeah, we were happy. We got our Netrunner play mats and learned very quickly. We had some guys come down from uh, big our capital here in North Carolina, Raleigh. They drove down, played. We learned what the big decks were because, well, one, I didn't have one. I didn't care the HB <laughs> deck around and and the criminal deck i went off the limb and marty did the same thing and my corporation you know was wayland and marty had the old mbn and everybody's like why are y'all playing that well it's so funny that because not many people had faced the corporation type i was playing it caught them off guard and lots of times you you know if anybody knows when you go into a tournament situation you know the term meta it's like what are other people playing in this area well, I just happened to pick something that a lot of people weren't playing, so a lot of people didn't prepare for it, and it kind of freaked some of them out. I mean, I, that's probably why I did kind of good because people weren't just weren't ready for that that style of deck. It's not because I'm a, a superior player by any means. Plus, as we've said before, probably there is some luck involved in this game. I mean, I'll be the first to admit it. Right. And so we're moving on to the next phase, looking forward to it. Our, I know our local little Netrunner club has formed up a monthly league, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully I'll be able to get in next month. And they also have a tournament coming up uh, when this game is released. That's where Marty will be Tuesday night. I'll be at the birthday party. So good luck there, man. And hope you take a good meta and you kick their butts. So I, I hear you, man. So Netrunner, there you go. You've you you've heard us harp on it, and I guess what, guys, it's going to probably die off over the podcast as something else moves in and takes over our lives. Who knows what that's? Well, going to be. I don't know how soon that will be because I know we just today both ordered the brand new expansion <sighs> that that just came out and be really featured at Gen Con. So um, yeah, true. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like once we latch into a good card game, we stick with it a good card game for a couple of years. Um, High Commander. Yeah, but that's not. That's different. That's a deck building game. Oh, that's right. That's a deck building game. That's yeah, right. it's, it's kind of different. It's not, it doesn't have the monthly packs. You're not really building a deck, pre-built deck. Yeah. Put it that way. That's right. So that that one that one is a tad different. Yeah, he's talking about High Command from Privateer Press, but which which you'll get to see at Gen Con. Oh, I know. I'm looking. That's actually to that. one you need to go to uh, Privateer's uh, Press's booth and, and get some info on that. I'll definitely do that. And uh, in fact, we got a whole list we need to give you. 
of people to go see while you're there. Yeah, and I'm going to look forward to that. I'm going to try to see if I can weasel my way into the Fantasy Flight Games. Um, press conferences sold out. Just stand there. Do they do they give you the opportunity to do be a, like a waiting list? Uh, you know what? A lot of people end up just kind of sitting at the doors or in the back standing. It ends up being standing room only when I went. So I bet if you get there early enough, you'll probably be fine. Yeah, so I figure if I just stand there and get in line, they'll – uh, how do they do that? See, you got we. All right, so I've just got to find time, get over there, and we'll just go through my Gen Con plan because, like I said, I'm getting nervous, man, getting really scared here. Yeah, I mean, and, and the reason why it's probably so popular this year is because I don't know if you remember last year at this same meeting is when they gave away the beta version of the Edge of the Empire Star Wars RPG. Right, and, and so everybody probably thinks they're going to give away something free this year. No. Well, when I went, I didn't get anything free. No, no. Because I don't know so, anything big coming out, you know? So you're going to be able to go to the Dice Tower Network dinner? At 6 o'clock Saturday, right? Yes. Okay, well, no, I, like I said, I never mind. I thought you scheduled your flight. You haven't scheduled your flight yet? No, there, somebody sent me a note and said, well, hold on, wait, we may want to meet with you on Wednesday, too. So, I'm, well, yeah, that's, but that's, what about the return flight? But I got to get them both at the same time. So um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You got to go to the dot. You got to at least make a. Oh, I'll be there. I'll make it there if I can get on the ten o'clock flight Saturday night. The the question is the hotel and all that good stuff. But 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 yeah, I mean, um, like I said, uh, we got a lot of things going on over the next uh, few weeks. You guys, we're gonna try. I know we don't spend a lot of time blogging in between episodes. We should probably do more. Um, we do a lot of tweeting, but we probably need to get some more information out there. But the big thing is we are going to be preparing for Gen Con. Um, so I know we're going to be talking to a lot of companies when we go there. We want to meet with a lot of the other podcasters on the Dice Tower Network. As we mentioned before, uh, we got this contest that's going to be coming up with Cool Stuff, Inc., where you, one of you two listeners, can actually win a $50 gift certificate from Cool Stuff, Inc. We just got to come up with a creative way to give that away, and if you have any ideas... Please let us know. And again, that's just us. There are nine other, nine, here, nine other podcasts that are going to be giving away that same gift certificate. So we'll be spreading the word about what the other nine are and, and go listen to those guys too and see what uh, contests they're going to be running. So we are going to be extremely bu- busy over the next few weeks. So you guys just hang in there with us. Question, question. Yeah. Are employees eligible for winning the gift cards? You know, Tom did not say anything about that, but I was talking with some other podcasters, and it would probably look really bad if we participated in one of these other contests and won. Somebody would call a foul out there. Oh, I know that's true. I'm just joking. Which kind of stinks, because... I could really use a $50 gift certificate to CSI. No, I know. Cool stuff, ain't cool Sorry. stuff. Yeah. No, I, I figured as much. You just see that whenever you see a contest on TV, employees are not eligible for the following <laughs> contest. Hey, hey, do you get paid by the Dice Tower? I don't get paid by the Dice Tower. No, but I, I do. Um, and that's one of the ways that going to Gen Con, oh, I will be dropping a name. There, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, uh, you was actually going to contact some of the people and see if they need any help doing stuff. Yeah. If they do, it, it's worth going to do. It, it's fun to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on with the network. I, I just want to uh, meet the people you see on video all the time. And, uh, you know, regardless how that opportunity gets there, but I think it's an excellent opportunity learning experience because, you know, it's, it's an amazing hobby. It continues to grow out there. You know, people – some guy I worked with uh, – 
has contacted me and says, hey, you coming to Indianapolis? We're going to be there. I'm like, man, really? You're going to the Gen Con? He's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're all involved in that now. I'm like, okay, so I'll see you there. You, you got an extra room in your house? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what are you talking about? The company's going to pay. Listen, listen to this, guys. No, 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 let's not go. No, don't do, don't do that because you never do know who might be listening for the company. You know what I'm saying? So Okay, yeah. so we'll just move on yeah. from there. So anyway, yeah, go around and meet the guys. And what's going to be nice is at least you're as tall as Tom, so he won't be looking down on you like he looks down on everybody <laughs> else. So. Well, that's that's good news, and um, that will be fun. Uh, hopefully they'll have some place set up. I really do look forward to um, – I looked at some of the games. I'm thinking about if I get into any event or take any um, – by any of the own tokens i may go do the um firefly role-playing game that's open everywhere oh that would be fun um is that new yeah the margaret uh, what margaret weiss margaret weiss uh, productions weiss, yeah 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 okay uh yeah that, that would be you know what that's what you need to do pick an rpg and and go play it while you're there that'd be fun and what's nice is you can play that once the uh um, uh, vendor hall closes. Mm-hmm. Those go all night. Pick like a six or seven o'clock start time. Yeah, you need to. Yeah, I'm going to be living vicariously through you for those two or three days or whatever yeah. it is. So maybe you better be tweeting a lot. Oh, yeah, at dice and names dot. No, that's not. You don't put a dot com. I <laughs> so, but yeah, so yeah, that, I, I did look at that and I said, oh, okay, well, maybe I'll do that. I know they got a amazingly, Marty, can you believe? Um, Battle at Mount Skull's Fire is not sold out on any of their tournaments. Imagine that. Shock. I know. Um, but other than that, I didn't see any. I, I was that, that whole site is amazing. So for you guys that are going to be at Gen Con, like I said, if you see me wander around aimlessly, look for the T-shirt that says Rolling Dice Taking Names. You know the logo. Uh, anything you can throw me, any bones, hey, I appreciate it, guys. This will be an experience like none other that I – I will uh, origins I know was sh- shocked me so this is going to completely just blow my mind blow you away yeah, yeah. Just, are you going to cosplay yeah right no not going to you going to buy you going to buy util kilt no oh, <laughs> oh man I saw a guy walking in wait, up wait till you see how many people are wearing util kilts around Gen Con I, it's amazing I'm sure they are I saw a guy walking in up the streets of Charlotte North Carolina in one the util kilt yes yeah, I'm like, really? Get out of here! So anyway, the, the vendor form is there. Oh, I'm sure that I'm sure they. Is. I got to go talk to Chessix, talk to him about oh, getting dice for I us. Need to, I know what you need to do too. Go look at the um, artists that are going to be there for um, Artist Alley. Mm-hmm. In fact, I need to look too. If there are any artists that I think they're any good that's done some art for some cards I have or something, I may um, give a couple to you, have them get signed. Okay, that's that's really cool uh, when you can have. It'd be really cool if, like, some of the art that that's been done for the games that we play, like Netrunner or something, if some of those artists were there, we can get those signed or something. Oh, that, like that. would be cool. That'd be interesting to see as well. So, all right. Well, another good show done uh, comes out. You know, couple uh, next week. Wow, this one did sneak up on us, didn't it? Yeah, but it's already out when you said that. So, yeah, this is true. See, I heard. I heard. I was listening to another sh- uh, uh, podcast on podcast tips, and they said never give a frame of reference <laughs> for time because he said. Somebody could listen to your podcast like six months from now. That's true. I shouldn't do that. And I was just thinking and, about it. And, and so it's like, yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Of course, you know, Gen Con 2013, for those that are listening way in the future, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, really. So Right now, it's 
it is July 25th, mm-hmm. 2013. So Yes. And you can find us at our blog at HTTP colon. Oh, my gosh. Backslash. I know. Did you not hear that? Oh, that was so uh-uh. funny on um, – cardboard jungle when the one guy that really pisses me off that people still do you know HTD ah, we all know you don't need to do that you don't need to do www <laughs> I didn't hear that uh, <laughs> I gotta start doing it for those guys HTTP colon backslash backslash www dot roll dice take names dot com yeah so he's going on about it and he says okay well let's get to our segment but you can always catch us at HTTP and, and he got oh shut up yeah it was, oh, it was hilarious <laughs> that's good well well, I see. Actually, that took care of our website. We got Add Dice and Names. We do have our Facebook page, as always. We do have our um, guild on the Board Game Geek, and I'm thinking that maybe, maybe some of the contests is getting some people to go and like us on our guild, and everybody who does might get entered to the contest. I know one of the other podcasts is doing that. I thought that was a pretty good idea. Oh, that is a good idea, or, or maybe we can get a review over on BGG and say, hey, you know, give us a star or however that works over there. There you go. I don't know how that stuff yeah, works. So we're we're going to come up with something, guys, and we're going to make the the entry easy. We're not going to say, okay, go to the fifth episode and and what is the 250th word that we say in segment two. So no, we, won't, we won't be that mean or anything like that. No, I agree. Or, yeah, there's no reason for that because, like, we'll even know. We'll make a mistake. So, no, so, all right, well. So, so one of you two lucky listeners will win a $50 gift certificate from Cool Stuff Fake. So, you guys just stay tuned and we'll tell you how to do it. There you go. So, well, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, as always, keep rolling dice and taking names. episode was sponsored by the gamers codex your source for game news reviews and a fun place to discuss the games you enjoy playing visit them at thegamerscodex.com